Ignore City, Episode 6, The Great Nanu Nanu. Previously on Ignore City, Deben Rimpa has given up on being a hero and saving the Earth. Meanwhile, Saner is in the evil clutches of a ten-year-old. Well, maybe not evil, but she's not helping our favorite talking robot head at all. This is quite intolerable. I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. You're doing great. I think she's up to 23 rocks. That's it. No more. I'm ending this. Oh, come on. I had a bet with Walter Cronkite she could fit at least 30 rocks in your mouth. <laughs> Young lady, stop this madness. You scared her away! She was jamming rocks into my mouth. Sure, but let's think this through. You're a disembodied robot head. You can't really walk out of here on your own. Don't you think you're gonna need a help eventually? Point taken. I shall make amends. I see her little nervous eyes peering at me from the doorway. You can talk? Yes, I can talk. Come here, little girl. Okay. What is your name? I'm Cass. Are you an evil spirit? An evil spirit? Preposterous. Spirits are- Hold up. She thinks you're a spirit? Maybe we can use this to our advantage. Our advantage? Hey, we're in this together. Very well, hallucination rat. State your proposal. Weren't you telling me earlier how humans like to destroy sentient robots? If you tell her the truth, she'll blab to her parents and report you lickety-split. She thinks you're an evil spirit for some reason. I say you play along. Are you okay? You froze up there all of a sudden. I'm perfectly fine. I was merely attending to evil spirit business. So you are a spirit? Yes, indeed. I am. But you're evil. Evil is an antiquated concept developed by humans. Go with evil, pal. Yes, I am evil. Boo! I have no true motivation other than the arbitrary notion of malcontent. Ay ay ay. This guy? What is wrong now? That's the worst impersonation of an evil spirit I've ever heard. And you can do better? Of course I can! Remember, I got over a hundred years of television history coursing through my rat blood. I'm not sure it works that way. Repeat after me. By the power of Greyskull, I come to you from the dimension 14B. I am the great Nanu Nanu, and you must do my bidding. If you do not obey me, side effects include nausea, diarrhea, your imminent destruction, and dry mouth. Oh no, I really don't want diarrhea. Yes, and it will be the bad kind of diarrhea. Isn't it always bad? It will sneak up on you when you least expect it. That would be bad. So you believe me, small one, that I am from the dimension... Which dimension did I say I was from again? 14B. Very good. That was a test to see if you were listening. You have passed the test. To be clear, you believe I am an evil spirit possessing this lifeless robot head and not a sentient artificial intelligence. Goodness, no. That would be horrible. I would have to report you to the SCU right away. Lucky for me, I am not a sentient robot head. That would have been a real schlumpy situation. Schlumpy? What is this schlumpy of which you speak? You don't know the story of schlumpy? I guess you wouldn't, being from the dimension 14B and all. I have a copy right here. It's a book? Yes. Would you like me to read it to you? I'm a little short on time. Can you give me a synopsis instead? 
I sure can. Where to start? Let me think. The school gave me the book. It was a Tuesday. Or maybe a Wednesday. No, it was definitely a Tuesday because we had math that day. Except we have math on Thursday. It couldn't have been a Thursday, though, because... Enough! Just read the book to me. It doesn't look terribly long. Right. The Story of Schlumpy, the Maniac Wilbur. Sponsored by the Short Circuit Unit Division of Ignoy City. I already don't like the beginning. Schlumpy was a simple robot fulfilling a simple need. The cleaning machine's slogan was, Dirt needs to be destroyed and trash must be eliminated. Even after the Great Collapse, the people allowed Schlumpy to perform his duty. They loved Schlumpy for making their lives easier and keeping the streets of Ignoy City clear. Buzz crack zippity dee! That's the sound Schlumpy makes when its gears gear up to clean. Lazy humans, always lazing. Balam was a simple boy who liked to run and jump and play. He ran around junk piles and climbed up mountains of garbage. He brought his sled with him and would slide down while yelling, Wee! At the end of the day, he was always covered in so much dirt and grime he could be mistaken for trash himself. Buzz crack zippity dee! That's the sound Schlumpy makes when its gears gear up to clean. He could be mistaken for trash? Yikes, I see where this story is headed. One day, Balam's mother called out her window for Balam to come home, and she waited, and she waited, but he never came. She looked high and low for her son, but he couldn't be found. She asked all the residents of Ignoy City, and no one had seen the boy. Finally, she asked Slumpy, and the cleaning machine replied, Buzz, crack, zippity-dee. Oh no, did you buzz, crack, zippity-dee my son away? She asked. Dirt needs to be destroyed, and trash must be eliminated. Replied Slumpy, the maniac robot. Can't say I didn't see that one coming. The people of Ignoy City sentenced Slumpy to be deactivated for his crime. The machine protested, claiming it was only for performing its duty. Slumpy's argument is sound. I don't see how the cleaning robot can be blamed for completing a task the humans were too indolent to perform. And so the story goes. Slumpy was permanently shut down, despite the protest from the cleaning machine. In the end, Balam was lost forever. Let that be a lesson to all citizens of Ignoy City. Remember, kids, if you see a sentient robot on the loose, report it to the short circuit unit right away. It's a matter of life and death. The end. What a load of nonsense propaganda. You said your school gave you this ridiculous book? They push it pretty hard because robots are dangerous and not to be trusted. We perform a school play about it every year. They even wrote a song about it. But enough about Schlumpy. You don't have to worry about it since you're not a robot. What exactly do you want from me? Oh great, Nanu, Nanu. How can I help you? Right to the point. My dear sweet child, you and I will get along swimmingly. We're going swimming?
You're home. I'm so glad the SCU released you. You gave us quite a scare. I'm sorry to put you through that. I heard they questioned you. They didn't hurt you, did they? It wasn't anything I couldn't handle. They were talking crazy about you having a robot head. (coughs) Dad, have a seat. Are you okay? I'm fine, honey. (coughs) Just something in my throat is all. This place is a total mess. What happened here? The SCU searched our house. I tried to clean it up, but with my blindness, I feel like I did more harm than good. It's okay, Dad. I'll take care of it. Who are all these people in our backyard? The caterers and event staff Drek hired. They want direction on where to put everything. They keep asking me, but I don't know. Drek's not here, and I'm no use. Maybe you can help them out. Me? I'm supposed to help? I didn't know we were having this stupid party until this morning. Drek said it didn't matter where they put everything. He just wants it to look nice for tonight. Unfortunately, he had to run off. It was something for work, I believe. If you're too busy, I understand. I'm not too busy. I don't have to save the world anymore. I can help out. Save the world? What in the dome are you talking about? Oh, nothing, Dad. It's a joke. Just an expression us young people use. Like, I wasn't able to do the laundry today because I was too busy saving the... Are you seeing this, Dad? Well, no, I guess you wouldn't. Hey, you! Don't put those chairs there! It makes much more sense to put them over here. Not those chairs, these chairs! Let me show you. (laughs) Young people and their expressions.
Um, excuse me, Agent Blue. What do you want? It's me, Tantalus Hudgens, curator of the Hall of Electronic Antiquities. You questioned me earlier? Yes, I remember you. The guy with the electric shaver? Why are you saying it with air quotes? What are you still doing here at SCU headquarters? We didn't detain you. You're free to leave. I did leave, but then I came back. Truthfully, I left once more and returned again. Why would you do that? Did you forget something? I'm here for Devin Ripa. I'd like to pay her bail. Her bail? That's right. What is the cost of her release? We aren't the police. We're a special unit of the government. There's no bail here. Besides, she's already gone. She is? She lost the robot head. Ditched it in some butterfly backpack. I see. You came back multiple times to offer bail money? You got it bad, don't you? What have I got? You obviously have a thing for her. I can't blame you. She's cute. But wasn't there a boyfriend in the picture? Yes. You mentioned some guy named Three Legs. I can't get him out of my mind, actually. I keep envisioning some barrel-chested bodybuilder who can't keep the top buttons of his shirt from popping off. I see your strategy. You wanted to come marching in here, like some knight in shining armor, and sweep Debin off her feet. Maybe not sweep her off her feet. I don't know if I'm strong enough to do that. She might have to keep one leg on the ground. It's probably best I don't exert myself too much physically. It gives me nosebleeds. Any chance you can tell me where she lives? Tantalus, you know I can't do that. That would be a breach of confidentiality. She's a private citizen. Yes, of course. I understand. What is it about this girl? There are a lot of fish in the fish tank, as they say. Why Debin? You know, that phrase used to be, there's a lot of fish in the sea. In my research at the Hall of Electronic Antiquities, I surmised there used to be these natural bodies of water where I can tell by the way you're looking at me that you don't want a history lesson right now. No, not really. We're on the hunt for that butterfly backpack. Very well. Let's just say I felt a real connection with her. You probably think it's dopey, but do you believe in love at first sight? <sighs> I know I shouldn't do this. Who am I to get in the way of true love, right? Why are you doing the air quotes thing again? Your co-worker left Eben's pink jacket here. Lovelo thinks it's cursed and doesn't want anything to do with it. I was going to give it back to Devin before she left, but her brother got her out first. If I give you the address, can you deliver it? We'll consider it official SCU business. Agent Blue, that would be amazing. I can't thank you enough. All right, all right. Don't mention it. Seriously, before I change my mind. Where you going? It is rudimentary, Zack. With my photographic memory, I can match the surroundings exactly to find Devin's house. I remember it well. The shoddily built exterior, the compromised structure of the walls, the refuse and filth everywhere. What you are describing sounds like a paradise to me. But keep in mind I'm a rat. Were there small crevices to crawl into? Indeed there were. Quite a few of them. You mentioned filth! Were there any food crumbs anywhere? I'm sure there were. Stop! I can't take it anymore! Its most striking feature was the structure's soffit. It was 0.56 inches thick and 16 inches wide. What in the world is a soffit? It is the material forming a ceiling from the top of an exterior house wall to the outer edge of the roof, bridging the gap between a home siding and the roof line, otherwise known as the eaves. 
And you can identify a house by that? It should be quite easy for a being such as myself. The average soffit thickness is 0.35 to 0.55 inches. The house Devon resides in has a soffit thickness of 0.56 inches, which will stick out to me like a number 11 in a binary code. Through a simple process of elimination, I shall find Devon's house by making this little girl walk through every neighborhood while I peek out of the backpack and take careful measurements of all the soffits I see. I see no flaws in that plan. Except I think the little girl's feet are getting tired. Good observation, Zach. Now that you mention it, our pace appears to have slackened considerably. Perhaps she needs a motivational pep talk from her favorite evil spirit possessing an inanimate robot head. Human child! Ah, what? Why are you walking so slowly? This backpack is heavy and we've been walking for hours. My legs are tired. Can we take a break? If you are okay with uncontrollable diarrhea the moment you sit down, then be my guest. Take your precious break. No, no, I'll keep going. <sighs> um, excuse me, little girl. Hey, I know you. You're the nerd from the lame museum. Correction, I am Tantalus Hutchins, curator of the Hall of Electronic Antiquities. What do you want, nerd? I couldn't help but notice your backpack with the butterflies on it. I think I know who that belongs to. I believe it's the same person as the owner of this jacket. I was on my way to return it to her now. That's Devin's jacket. How did you get it? Ah, it can talk. That must be the sentient robot head. You must get me back to Devin immediately. I am trying to find her now. Then you're in luck, Mr. Sentient Robot Head. Sentient Robot Head, no. This is the great Nanu Nanu from Dimension 14B. Looks like a bag full of coals if you ask me. No, it doesn't, boss. That's a robot head. The same one we saw in the junkyard the other day. Seriously, Rand? Gar obviously knows that. He's making a joke. The robot head is worth a fortune, so to him it looks like a bag of money. Oh, I get it. I thought maybe your vision was going bad, boss. Who are you guys? I think I know. They must be the Tech Junker Biker Gang. Everyone's been talking about them. Everyone? Ha! Did you hear that? Our reputation precedes us. We're famous. You're Melvin's Biker Gang, right? Melvin's Biker Gang? Are you kidding me? No, we are not those schlubs. We're Gar's gang. I'm Gar. Stand back, child. I will protect you from these hoodlums. Look, nerd boy. We're taking the robot head and going straight to Mr. Hobbs with it to collect our finder's fee. How are you planning on stopping us? With this. Ah, it's on me. It burns. It burns. Get it off. Get it off. Relax, you geniuses. It's a laser pointer. You're both fine. That's a relief. I thought I was a goner for sure. Nice trick. But now you're going to pay. Oh, well. It was worth a shot. How fast can you run, little girl? Not very. I have tiny legs. I'd offer to pick you up, but I get nosebleeds when I exert myself too much. We're not running. What are you cowering for? Stand up for yourself. Are you kidding me? There's three of them, and they're much tougher than me. This is a classic underdog story. They're bullies. You're protecting a beautiful damsel in distress. They don't stand a chance against you. They don't? I'm not following your logic. You're the hero in the scenario. Think about it. You're scrawny and pathetically weak. They're totally underestimating you. You're right. I can defy the odds and win. Enough with the chit-chat. Are you going to give us the backpack, or do we have to mess you up? I just have to believe in myself. Here goes. Hiya! Are you alright? Oh, what happened? 
Did I win? No, you did not. That would explain the horrible pain that I'm in. They got the backpack, didn't they? Yes, but they didn't hurt me, and that's what really matters. The excruciating agony is a small price to pay in exchange for your safety. Where does it hurt? Let's see. The ache begins in my head, then starts traveling south to my neck, and takes a hard right at my shoulder. After jabbing there with a needling sensation, it takes a sharp U-turn to my other shoulder, and then explodes, cascading down my arms, torso, and settling down to my legs. I guess you could say it's kind of all over. My poor hero. Can you sit up? I'm your hero? After the beating I just took? You're my hero because of the beating you just took. Good job, nerd. Ow! Please, don't pat me on the back. I'm very tender. It seems like you can stand on your own, so that's good. You didn't break any bones. No broken bones, but Gar has the robot head. The way I look at it, you did me a favor. That head was really bossy, and now that it's gone, I'm not under constant threat of diarrhea. You're not? How does that work? Oh, wow. Look at the time. My parents are probably wondering where I am. See you at the wedding. Wedding? What wedding? Our wedding, silly. You rescued me, so I'm sure you want to marry me now. How do you figure that? You're a valiant knight, and I'm a damsel in distress. Seems pretty obvious to me. You should be thrilled you got all this on lock early. How old are you? Don't be weird. We're not getting married now. It'll be when I come of age. My dad says I can get married when I'm 42. But you said you wouldn't see me until the wedding. Of course not. What kind of girl do you think I am? A very peculiar one, for sure. I don't know what that word means, but goodbye. At least I still have Devin's jacket. I need to get it to her right away. Ow! My feet! Each step is torture, but I must persevere. For Devin. Head. I know you can talk. Go on, say something. I don't know, boss. Seems kind of quiet to me. Maybe it's turned off. Is there a power button? Oh, good thinking, Bachi. Maybe if I poke its nose. To turn it on, I bet you have to jab it in its eyes while you flip it upside down. Let me show you. I wonder how many rocks we can put in its mouth. Stop it. Unhand me, you filthy humans, and place me right side up. I'm getting dizzy. So you can talk. Indeed I can, Gar. How do you know my name? I remember you from the exhilarating bicycle chase from not long ago. Your leather jackets and torn jeans are very distinct apparel. The frayed and missing fabric around your knees boldly proclaims your ruggedness and dedication to your profession. See, this robot gets it. We have a look. It's quite serendipitous we meet again. Serendipi-what? It means saucy, Rand. That's why the word dip is in it. Yeah, Rand. Serendipitous. Try to keep up. By Zerus 8, I see the level of intellect I'm dealing with here. Let me rephrase my statement. It is quite lucky for you we meet again. Is he going to offer us sauce? I'm going to offer you something far greater than thick liquid served with food, my friend. If you do as I say, there's a great treasure awaiting you beyond your wildest dreams. What'd you do that for?
or gar? Yeah, he was about to offer us something better than dipping sauce. It could have been anything. I need to know. I'm not falling for any of his robot shenanigans. I don't need to be told about a treasure when this mechanical head is worth a small fortune. I just wanted to make sure it could still talk before I brought it to Mr. Hobbs. Good thinking, boss. That Mr. Hobbs wouldn't take too kindly if you tried to pull a fast one on him. That's for sure. I definitely don't want to be on his bad side. I heard he breaks thumbs. And kneecaps. My uncle crossed him once. He was never heard from again. There's a rumor he feeds his enemies to crows. I heard he's into birds. I'd be scared to even talk to the guy. Yeah. One slip up and bam! Bird food. You sure are brave, boss. Or stupid. There's a fine line between the two. Enough! Stop freaking me out! You don't need to remind me about Mr. Hobbs' reputation as a stone-cold gangster. I know it. I'm the one who has met him before, unlike you two who are too scared. Let's focus on the positive here. This is a time for celebration. I finally have the robot head. My payday has arrived. I have won. Gar and his gang have finally done it. Can they cash in on the prize while the SCU is in hot pursuit of the backpack? 
Stay tuned for Ignore City, Episode 7, The Engagement Party. Ignore City, written by Ed Cho. Music written and performed by The Shakeups. Saner0805, voiced by Patrick O'Connor. Devin Rimpa, voiced by Savannah O'Connor. Agent Blue and Bachi, voiced by Luisana Rodriguez. Tantalus Hutchins, voiced by Leisha Rollis. Hennis Rimpa and Gar, voiced by Steve Inkley. Cass, voiced by Nina Cho. Zach, voiced by Damian Duffy. Narrator and Rand, voiced by Ed Cho.